I believe that love is all around us. Love is everything and everywhere. I am love. You are love. We are all love. In our divinity, in our soul, in the truest and simplest form of our being, we are pure, unconditional love. Love is the answer to everything. Every week in this podcast, we're talking to incredible and beautiful people who will be sharing their insights and perspectives to help you find more peace, to help you come from a place of love more often, to help encourage you to be kinder to yourself and others, to help you create more happiness in your life, to help you feel more oneness with others, and to help you connect to your higher self. My name is Justin Court. Together, we will help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be more loving, kind, peaceful, happy, empathetic, understanding, and accepting. This can only be achieved together. It starts with each and every one of us. We are one, and it's time we start acting that way. I am so, so grateful that you're here. I love you, I support you, and I'm here for you. Let's together create more love in this world. Let's do this. Today's guest is Christina Kuzmik. Christina's energy is infectious. She's also one of the most open and vulnerable people I've had a chance to chat with. She held nothing back when talking about her past when she was suicidal and at the lowest point of her life. Her journey of how she went from that Christina to the self-loving and positive Christina she is today is remarkable. While in that dark place, she shares the one thing she thought she could contribute to the world. And even though that one thing didn't seem like much, it was the catalyst that transformed her entire life. We talk about how hurt people hurt people. And instead of trying to hurt them back, finding empathy for them and realizing they need our love the most. We each share a story of how someone attacked us via social media. And instead of reciprocating, we responded with love and compassion, which is then exactly how they responded back to us. It's really beautiful. It was an honor to talk with her. Please welcome Christina Kuzmik. Christina, welcome to the podcast. Uh, so excited and thankful that you are here. So thank you very much for, for joining me today. I'm so excited to chat with you. I love what you're doing, by the way. I love, love, love your page. Love following you on Instagram. You're really sweet. Thank you for that. Thank you for following, I guess, but just for being a part of the movement and being somebody who it seems like you just embody love and acceptance and all things good. So just thank you so much for being a part of it because Spread Love Movement doesn't exist if it's just me. Literally everybody, everybody makes up the movement. Everyone makes up the energy uh, and the goodness that is being put out and received. So thank you for, for being a part of it. It's actually, Christina, that's how I found you. My, uh, my wife was helping me out and uh, looking for people to have on the podcast. 
and uh, she wrote down like a list of people and you were on the list and she, uh, we'll get into this, but she talked about being a recovering pessimist and how you have just like this beautiful outlook on life now and you're thriving. And Christina, I'm not gonna lie, when I saw you on, uh, on Instagram, um, intimidated isn't the right word. I was just kind of in, well, I was in awe by you. I was gonna say, I'm like the least intimidated. <laughs> what? But just like, it's really, because you're not, and that's that's why it wasn't the right word. But I was just, oh, you have, I mean, so many followers, you have such a presence and such an energy about you. Um, and it's just such a good vibe that you're putting out. So when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, she has so many followers. She's doing such incredible stuff on Facebook, all over the place. So I'm just really excited. And I was really, I'm really excited just to reach out to you about it. And just even more excited when you accepted the invite. So of thank course, you. I'm thrilled to do this. Yes. Sweet. So Christina, I definitely want to talk to you about the Christina that you were that version before you were this Christina, right? Yeah. So like on your social media that you have on there, recovering pessimist. Um, and I know just in looking at yourself that you promote self-love and, and again, positive self-talk and understanding and forgiveness and acceptance. And it's beautiful. And I just first want to know before we even find out how you got to this place, what was who was the version of of Christina bef before this one? So I always say that everything I create now, whether it's my videos or the book or anything, um, I want to be for others what I needed what I needed when I was at my lowest, yeah. right? So the Christina that was at her lowest was um, newly divorced, couldn't even afford a bed. So I slept on the floor. I shared a tiny little room with my kids. Um, had a roommate in the other room because I couldn't afford an apartment just for us. I was on food stamps and, you know, just struggling to feed my kids and pay rent. But worse than that, I absolutely hated myself. I got to a point, I was so depressed and anxious. And I got to a point where I genuinely believed that my children would be better off without me. And so I had this pros and cons list um, that I actually never told anyone about until just a few years ago. Um, I had a pros and cons list of how my suicide would affect my kids. And the pros list, meaning they will be better off if I'm not here, was longer. Um, and so, you know, I talk, like you said, I call myself a recovering pessimist. Um, that's something that was ingrained in me, I think, from when I was born. I just, I always saw the dark. I always saw the worst case scenario. And people who see life that way, they tend to see themselves that way, right? So I was not forgiving of myself. I didn't give myself any grace. Um, I, all the strengths that I realize I have now, I label them as weaknesses or the world labeled them as weaknesses and I believe the world, right? Yeah. So um, that was Christina before, but all of that is what sort of motivates everything I do now because I know for sure that there are men and women and just, you know, even little kids, whoever, who are struggling right now and feeling worthless and feeling like, the world or their kids or somebody would be better off if they just weren't here. And if I can, you know, remind one person that it's worth sticking around and to stop believing those lies, then I will sleep well that night. <laughs> wow. Amazing. So wild story. Thank you for being just so open uh, and vulnerable with who you were. Cause that is, wow. That list is, um, is tough. And honestly, the yeah. fact that you wrote that out and that you're sharing that now is so powerful. Well, you um, know, I felt the, so 
I started making my videos and I started opening up and I was opening up about, you know, the depression and even the food stamps, even though anytime you open up, you're going to get hatred, right? Oh. You're going to get judgment. Yep. And I was fine with all of it, but man, I did, I almost felt like scared to mention the list. Yeah. Um, because there was still so much shame attached to it, which a lot of people that struggle with um, any sort of mental illness, um, you know, there's shame attached to it, there's judgment attached to it. And I didn't share it until my oldest son started struggling with mental health. And I was like, who am I to tell him that he should not feel shame and that this is not his fault and all that, if I still have these secrets, because I'm worried about what people think. And so that's when I was like, screw it, I'm just gonna share it all. And, you know, hopefully it helps someone. That's the whole point, right? That's the whole point of us being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Yep. Wow. So first off, I just want to give you so much love for who you are and how you made it through and, and past the older version of yourself. Because Christina, it's mind blowing to think that you are anything besides who you are right now. <laughs> you you know? know what? Honestly, it's weird for me too. Like sometimes when I tell, you know, various stories, actually write a lot of like stories in detail in my book and somebody will bring up something and say, oh, in chapter three, when you shared that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it almost sounds like a different person. Yeah. <laughs> but again, that's a testament to how much we can grow. Like I can't even listen. I am far from perfect. Okay. I make mistakes daily. I am, I got a lot of stuff I'm still working on, but I can't even imagine hating myself. And that was my reality every single day, every hour of the day, even on a good day, I hated myself. I can't even imagine that now. So if anybody's listening and they're at that point, life will surprise you. Yes. Amazing. And I was going to say that next to you. Thank you for being the example. Literally, you are in your story and who you were and who you are now. You're showing that it's possible. Mm -hmm. And that's everything. It's like the four minute mile where they thought it was physically impossible to run a four minute mile. And then one person did it. And then all over the world, it was trickling more and more people were able to do the four minute mile. So like, thank you for being that person that is telling your story, showing your realness and your trueness of who you were and who you are now. Um, it's just... It's so beautiful because in that example, you're going to show to people that it's possible. Something that they may have thought was impossible, getting out of their depression or their negativity or their self-doubts. In your example, they're going to know like, wow, Christina did that. I can do it. It is. And by the way, yeah. sorry. To no, no. Way, one thing that is really important for anybody that's there right now to remember is that there is nothing, absolutely nothing more special about me than anybody else. It's not like I have these incredible talents that other people don't have, and that's how I did it. I did not have money. I could not afford expensive therapy. I literally got like the free or cheap therapy through, you know, you can like call a university and students who are getting their degree, but they just need to put in their hours. Yep. I mean, there was nothing more special in me than anybody else. And I always, that's such an important thing for me to say because people make excuses and go, yeah, but she probably had a, you know, this, or she probably had that. I mean, I'm from Croatia. My whole family was in Croatia. I didn't have a support system like that. I had to create a support system. Um, so yeah, if I can do it, anybody can do it. Yes, damn, man, you created it. And it's just, ah, it's amazing too, because it just shows we can create anything. We're mm -hmm. such powerful, infinite beings that we can literally create anything. I'm sure when you were in that space uh, where you were before, you probably literally thought it was impossible to be the person that you are right now. Yeah, um, I mean, that's why I wanted to end it because yeah. there was no hope. There was no hope. Um, there was hope. 
that was what was, you know, in my head. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that, like, I can't do it. It's never going to get better. It, we, we have this voice inside our head and we believe it. We believe it like it's the truth. And sometimes I've joked around with my teenager. I'm like, you need to name that voice. Like give it a name, like some name that you don't like. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. then literally talk to it and tell it to screw off. Like don't, you know, because we are, we, we get it. We get in our own way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And like when you just said, and those things that we believe they're true in our belief of them, they become true. So if we yeah. believe negative thoughts about ourselves, well, then that's true. Yeah. The cool thing about that is when we believe positive self thoughts about ourselves, those things are also true. Yeah. The, what I compare it to is, you know, a few years ago, I was buying a new car and there was a certain type of car I wanted. And after thinking about this car and buying this car, all of a sudden, I started noticing that car everywhere. Yeah. Did yeah. everybody else buy the same car? No, it's because my mind was so focused on that car and buying that car and that all of a sudden I started noticing everybody else with that car. Okay, same thing with our mind. If we're constantly focusing on I suck, I'm not worthy, I can't grow, I can't move forward, then that's all you're gonna ever notice in your life. You are literally going to notice every time you make a mistake, every time you don't move forward, that's gonna be your focus. Mm -hmm. But if you if your focus is on I can do this, then you're gonna start giving yourself more credit than criticism, right? And more grace than judgment and focus on your little accomplishments. Go, well, if I can do this little thing, I can do the next little thing. And a bunch of little things lead to the big thing. Yep. Oh my gosh, exactly. And when you were just talking about your son and we all have that voice in our mind, it's the ego that is telling you you're not good enough and you're going to fail. It's like, it's trying to protect us, but it's really just discouraging us and bringing us down. And Christina, something that I've done recently, probably in the, in the past like few months, whenever that happens, when a thought will pop in, that's really not mine. That's like, now nah, you probably won't be able to do this. or you're going to, you're not going to succeed. I have the thought of my mind getting hijacked. Mm, I love that. Right. So it's like in my mind getting hijacked, it's not me. I can't, you know, I'm not hijacking myself. So in using that term for me, it's very transparent to me that it is something else with that thought and not myself. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I got hijacked. That wasn't me. And then I, I stop and I think, and I change my thought. So right, we all get these negative thoughts, but instead of sitting in it and believing it, I'm like, that doesn't serve me at all. My mind yeah. just got hijacked. That doesn't do any good for me. Me focusing on this does nothing good at all. So then I just, I change my thought into something more positive, something more uplifting. I won't, you know, feel anxiety about the thing that I was feeling anxiety about because I know now in feeling the anxiety, it does nothing good for me at all. It doesn't serve me. It just hurts me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, um, yeah, that's a, uh, Glad that you just brought that up. And that's interesting too, that your son experiences that because it's like we're all, and really Christina, to have you as his mom and for you to have gone through this and be able to probably help coach him and make him aware of these certain things that like I wasn't aware of when I was a teenager or in my early twenties is a really special thing. That's awesome that, that you're there for. Actually, so my son, and by the way, I wanna say this to anybody who's got a kid who's struggling with mental health. I have made a ton of mistakes and I always remind people, we don't know it all. We're not supposed to know it all. We are learning and growing and making mistakes and needing help, not because we're inadequate, but because we are human. Yeah. Um, and my son just recently um, said, you know, I'm willing to do a video with you where I open up and we talk about the last few years, which have been hell for him. And I'm like, part of me is like protective mom where I'm like, oh gosh, I know how cruel the internet can be. 
But then a bigger part of me is like, if he wants to do this, I think hearing directly from a teenager and also hearing from me saying like, Hey, here are the things where I needed to learn and grow. And I didn't know what I was doing, even though I had experienced something similar years ago. Um, I'm I'm hoping that it'll really bring some people hope because he's doing so well now. And I mean, two years ago was like hell. So hopefully it'll be good. A lot of teenagers are struggling and a lot of adults are speaking at them instead of with them, which is a big difference. Um, And I think we need teenagers speaking with teenagers. Yes. Honestly, I think any, I think vulnerability is one of the most special, beautiful, best things that we have um, in this universe. And Christina, something that I, I, I'm working on always and failing sometimes, but just trying again is to choose love over fear, mm-hmm. right? In every decision. And I feel like in that decision for him to do the video or not, it's like, right, you have that little bit of you that doesn't want him to do it because you're fearful. You're, you're fearful of how the internet will be. You're his mom. You want to protect him, obviously. But I loved it. You said that there's like another or like a higher part of you that wants him to do it. And I feel like him doing that is choosing love because you're you like we're understanding that this might not be the easiest situation for him or for you, but it's for I feel like the best of yeah. the consciousness and, and and for the people listening. And you're gonna he and you combined will help so many people. And maybe it'll be someone who is a teenager, you know, who yeah. maybe can't connect with you the same way they could connect to your son. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. I think, well, I'm, I will keep an eye out for that. No pressure, obviously at all, but I (laughs) went, whenever that does come, it'll be the time where it's supposed to come, where it will serve in in the best way. Yeah, I agree. So that'll be cool. So Christina, uh, so where you are right now. Okay. So we know where you were and now how you're here or that you're here. How exactly did you get here though? I don't want to put any words in your mouth, but coming from that dark, deep place. I understand that that was a thing that kind of catapulted you. And in so many of these um, podcast episodes, it comes up all the time where it was this really low, negative, depressed state that actually was the platform and the catalyst that uh, led people to their growth and their spirituality and their freedom and and, and the love within them. Um, so I'm just really curious, you know, how you you came from that place to where you are now. So I'll tell you a story that I wrote about in my book, and this is what I sort of call my turning point. And I'll try to tell it in a shorter way because it's very long, but um, had that list of the pros and cons, right? I'm really down. And I have this sort of moment in the middle of the night. I'm at this point, I'm so cried out. I'm kind of numb. My kids are sleeping right next to me. Again, we're sharing a little room and I have this moment of, okay, I'm either going to end it or, and I get choked up when I say it, cause it's like hard for me to even imagine that I was there, you know? Um, I'm either gonna end it um, or I'm gonna fight. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna figure, I'm gonna, I have to figure something out. Cause I can't stay in this. Like I am, right now I am stuck. Yeah. And anybody who's dealt with depression, I think the worst feeling is feeling stuck. And, um, and I thought, okay, so right now I'm completely obsessed with myself. I'm obsessed with how much my life sucks, how awful I am. I'm literally like obsessed with that. I'm like eating and drinking and making out with self-pity every day. Yep. And so I thought the only way to get out of that is probably to think of others. So I know I'm going to volunteer. That's what I do. So I start calling hospitals and um, local homeless shelters and soup kitchens. And I'm like, hey, I want to come volunteer. And I was like, this is so brilliant this is going to help me feel good about myself. Yay. 
well, I get rejected from every place because I can't afford a babysitter and I'm going to have to bring my kids. And the only time my kids were not with me was over the weekend when they were their dad. And then I worked two to three part-time jobs all weekend just to, you know, pay rent. So they basically are like, you can't bring a two and a three-year-old to hospital. Like they're going to do more damage than good, which is true. And so I get rejected. And again, it's like, I really believe everybody has a feisty side and you just have to be open to it and tap into it in those dark times. And so this feisty side kicks in and I'm like, well, screw them. If they're not going to let me volunteer, I'm going to figure out my own way. And I stayed up all night. And my thought was, even when I feel like crap, even when I have nothing and I hate myself, is there one thing I'm still confident in? There's got to be one thing I'm still confident in. And the only thing I come up with is I can cook a great meal. And I, and then of course that voice in my head goes, so what Christina, most people can, what does that make you special? Like, right. Normal human stuff gets in the way. And I decided to ignore that and completely impulsively without even thinking it through, I send an email to all my contacts in my area. And I said, every Wednesday night, I'm going to feed people. So if you know somebody who needs a meal, I don't care if they have more money than me. And they're just new to town and want some company, or maybe it's an elderly man and he just lost his wife and he's lonely and he just wants to have dinner with a family. I don't care what the need is. I'm not asking any questions. Just bring them to my place Wednesday night. I had no idea how I was going to pull this off, by the way. I go to the 99 cent store, 99 cent store and I were pretty much dating at the time. It was like, we were so close and I buy a bunch of canned goods. I mean, just, I literally spent a few dollars and I just make this big pasta, nothing fancy. And that first Wednesday night, I fed over 30 people in an apartment so small that people were literally having to stand outside and eat. And I was so busy just like running around and making sure everybody had everything. And that by the time the last person walked out, I mean, I literally, when I think of back, it's like a movie scene, the door, I closed the door and I just, I literally just like sunk. I fell to the ground and I sobbed. It was almost like all those tears that I sort of had dried up and I was numb about everything and just kind of ready to end it. All these tears came flooding. And my thought was, even when I feel like I have nothing, I am still worth something. I still have something to offer. And what clicked for me that night is I have spent all this time focusing on everything I don't have and everything I can't do and everything I am not. And by the way, that list for every human will always be longer than the list of things you can do and you are. And so we tend to focus on the longer list when really just by focusing on that one thing I could do, it, which again, see meaningless, changed my whole life because I got off, uh, off that floor and no, it did not cure my depression immediately. And not, no, it did not change my life immediately, but it was a turning point because at that point I was like, that's, that's my new focus. I'm going to focus on what I have and what I can do. And I never again looked at that list. That was the end of the list that night. So that's something that still, if I'm having a rough day and my mind starts going into, well, you can't fix it this way because you don't have this and you don't have this talent and you don't have enough money. I'm like, shut up, voice. What can I do with what I have? And just not allowing the few things that are completely out of my control to control me completely. Wow. I love that so much because in every single moment, we have a choice of what we want to focus on and put Mm -hmm. our awareness on. And I know how tough it can be sometimes when we're just so down and we feel like we're being literally just like toppled on top of with our negative self-loathing, doubting thoughts of ourselves. And I've, it's, 
your story is amazing because I feel like you literally were being crushed by them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's why I love this too, because there's always gratitude somewhere. There's always self-worth. It's always there. It's just about us putting our focus on it. And yeah. your story is so beautiful because it is something so simple. You know, it wasn't this miraculous, insane thing that someone out there listening right now is like, well, I can't do that. I can't have that. Like, what, this doesn't help me at all. It's like that little tiny, tiny thing that on honestly, Christina, right? Most, a lot of people can do, but you found your peace in that and you found like your self worth in that. And it just shows you that there, there's that self worth and gratitude everywhere. It's yeah. just, we need to focus on it. Every single person has something to offer. Yeah. The problem is that life and stress and depression and our circumstances and all of it gets in the way and it basically buries it. And you have to dig through all the noise and then find that tiny little gem and go, oh, this is what I should be focusing on. You know? Yeah. Wow. And then after you, you were, you're pulling yourself out of that dark place, and once you started to just feel better about yourself, did you start to create videos and start to develop your social media presence? So I'm like, how did you go from there to like where you yeah. are today? It's wild. That took years. I mean, I always talk about how like, I hate that whole quote about, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry. It never felt like I was just cruising in my convertible through a dark tunnel. I'm like, oh yeah, I see the lights right there. It, crawling out of that kind of state of self-hatred and depression feels like, you know, crawling through muck in a dark cave. And sometimes you see a glimpse of a light, but then you slide back down and now there's no light and you just have to keep going and being proactive even when you don't see any light, right? Um, So it was very, very slow, but um, I started going to therapy. Like I mentioned before, I got, you know, I think the most I paid was like $10 because I was just seeing students who needed to fill up their time. Mm -hmm. Um, There was one particular therapist that, changed my life just the way he encouraged me and you know put things in perspective for me and um I started going to a support group that I found online because I didn't you know I didn't have like resources to go spend money and you know go to these weekend getaways where I'm gonna do yoga and become better not that there's anything wrong with those but a lot of people can't afford that um and so slowly building eventually I met my current husband and he was in grad school. I'm still waiting tables and four. So when we got married, we didn't even take, we couldn't even afford a honeymoon. And, um, and so it was like the day after our wedding. And he said, you have been in survival mode. You've literally just been in survival mode and I'm here now. I want to support you and, and be a partner to you. What do you want to do? Like, I see all this passion. What do you want to do? And basically after thinking about it, I said, you know what? Cooking for strangers saved my life. Cause I kept those Wednesday night dinners going for over a year. Nice. I said, cooking for strangers saved my life. Um, I want to do something with cooking. And that's how everything originally started is I made some funny cooking videos, um, like really bad quality. Don't look them up. And (laughs) I um, put recipes online and crazy enough, I end up getting noticed online. And long story short, I end up auditioning for this Oprah reality TV show where she's looking for the next TV star. I, and Mark Burnett was uh, producing it. And I end up being handpicked as one of the 10 people to be in this reality show. And I'm like, what? Two years ago, I'm literally sleeping on a floor. And now Oprah wants me to do the show. And I end up winning the whole thing. And so I got a cooking show from Oprah. I mean, talk about Cinderella story. Like instead of the slipper, Oprah gives me a car, which is way better than any shoes, frankly. And, um, And so crazy, crazy, crazy story. 
So I end up doing this cooking show. Um, Oprah loves my authenticity, but Oprah is off filming a movie or something. And I get stuck with TV producers who decide that they're going to make me the perfect mom in the perfect kitchen. And I just wanted to cry because even then I wanted to be brothers what I needed when I was at my lowest. So mm -hmm. I'm like, no, no, we need one of my kids throwing a tantrum while I'm trying to cook. That's what moms need to see. You know, we need to, we need, we need me slaving over dinner and then it burns and I order pizza. Like that should be an episode. Like, <laughs> no, 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 we can't do that on TV. And so I was new to all that and I wasn't confident enough to really speak up for myself. So I played along and thankfully there was never a second season of that show. But that's actually what made me go, okay, if I'm going to do anything, if I'm going to make videos or put myself out there, I'm always going to think about that mom who's sleeping on the floor and hates herself. And that's where my idea came to start making the parenting videos. And now I call them life videos because a lot of them aren't even about parenting. Wow. Christina, are you now, um, when you look back on your past and who you were, the fact that it got you here and... <laughs> Right. The fact that it's like the videos you make, you have that mom in mind of who you were at your lowest and, and realizing that people need this. Are you grateful for those experiences that you had in the past when you were so low? Yeah, I'm I'm grateful for all of it. Um, to be completely honest, I hate the saying everything happens for a reason, because I can't say that to a mother whose six year old was just raped. I can't say, well, you know what? Your six-year-old was right for a reason. Mm -hmm. So I don't look at my past and go, I struggled and I, you know, was in that kind of depression and health for a reason. But I do believe that anything you walk through, you can use for a purpose. That's how I see it. So mm -hmm. I'm grateful for it because it has made me more compassionate towards others who are struggling. It has, you know, made me appreciate everything I have now. It's helping me just... I guess it's one of those things like, right, when you walk through something versus you're standing on a pedestal, like telling people how to live. I feel like I don't, I'm not an expert. I don't have a degree in psychology. I have just walked through some hell. And if I can hold someone else's hand through their hell, that's, that's all I want to do. Yeah. Awesome. I just, I love that about you that you, you know, you had these experiences and you felt what that felt like. And now you don't want anyone to really have to feel like that again, or people are feeling like that, yeah. helping them bring, you know, helping bring themselves out of it. Yeah. So cool. I that's mean, that's nice. where I get like super passionate. And sometimes when I get really passionate, my accent comes out and that's when my husband or my friends will be like, Oh, she's serious now. But like <laughs> when I, when I see a post from a mom or, you know, I'm touring now again in the fall and I was on tour before and I would meet these people at meet and greets. And it's not always a mom. Sometimes it's like a single dude who's struggling. I mean, everybody, every human struggles, right? right. Um, at some point. And so when I meet somebody and they, and I can see they're in that place, I mean, I literally, my whole body gets like hot and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. I, 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 I know they're going to be okay. I know they can be okay. I just need to convince them they're going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. So I definitely like, I feel like I was put on this earth to just use all of that to help someone else just keep taking those baby steps forward. So it's just so cool that you're doing it. You know what I mean? It's like you have this passion, you went through all this struggle, and now you're using all that negativity, all that down for something so positive and something and so uplifting. But here's the yeah. thing. I feel like every human can do that. Every, you don't have to have a social media presence. You might not even have a social media account, right? Mm -hmm. Think about it. Everybody struggles, right? 
if every single person took their struggle, whatever it is, it might be completely different than anything I brought up today. If everybody took that and said, you know what? I want to hold somebody else's hand through that. I want to give somebody else hope. It, again, it doesn't have to be hundreds or thousands of millions of people. Just that one person. How amazing would this world be? And how much less pain would there be, right? Yep. That's how you spread hope. Yes. Wow. So true. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so good. Christina, I saw one of your videos the other day, and I loved it. Because you talked about... Um, the unconditional love that your husband has for your two kids. I think you have three kids now, right? Yes. The third right. one's for the second kid. Yeah. Right, right. So it was one of the greatest gifts you've ever received is witnessing his unconditional love for your two children. And I just want to look at this for a second um, because when I see moments like that, they really just like touch my soul on, and like who I am because so many situations like divorce is always my parents got divorced it's always looked at as, as a very negative thing which it's not and it took me a very long time to learn that but it's looked at as a really negative thing so someone could see you and see your story and be like you know she had to go through divorce and being a single mother and then now having to find and meet somebody else and go through all these things and it's like even you know when that was tough and when that wasn't ideal what came from it is one yeah. of the greatest gifts you've ever received. Yeah. And, just... and honestly, I'll be the first to say divorce sucks. But in some cases, and this is my case, divorce didn't break my family. It actually fixed it. Yeah. And um, I remember hearing somebody say, it is better for kids to come from a broken home than live in a broken home. And that was my like, psh, it's almost like that was my permission to, you can, you can leave now. Mm -hmm. Because I was like, I have to make this work for the kids, you know, and no matter what. And my kids, I think, are better off. You know, their their dad and I are divorced. They still have a relationship with their dad. Uh, I have worked my butt off. I had this, like, little thing I wrote on a piece of paper. So after I left him, there was just, you know, typical post-divorce. So much bitterness, so much anger. We yeah. couldn't even talk to each other. And I wrote on this little piece of paper, kids first, ego last. And I was like, yes. I gotta do this. this is how I got to do this. Which, by the way, works for friendship, marriage, anything. Everything. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and I drove north four hours to my ex-husband's parents. And I said, listen, I know you're mad at me for leaving your son. I'm not here to tell you my side of the story. I'm not here to badmouth him. I'm just here to ask you, can we put kids first, egos last, and not let the kids have this divided thing going and we stayed up to like 2 a.m talking and um i started inviting my ex-husband over for dinner and the first like 17 times he said no why would i want no we're not going to pretend we're a happy family we're divorced no and then like the 18th time he said yes and now years later we're at a point where he sleeps over on christmas eve because one of the kids said a few years ago it'd be really nice to have everybody together christmas morning so i talked to my husband and my husband said kids first eagle last He's sleeping over in the guest room. And so, I mean, it takes a lot of, that's it's hard, right? And not yeah. every divorce can be like that. And if you have somebody who is, you know, dangerous or whatever, you, you, you know, you do the best you can with what you've got. Right. But there are a lot of situations where this can happen if you just put your ego in the back. Is it easy? No. Is it always fun? No. I mean, I had so many days where I was like, I'm going to respond to that <laughs> with my ego. Yeah. like, mm, remind myself. Yep. Yeah. Oh my God, right? I'm gonna show you. You're not gonna yeah, get the best yeah. of me. I'm gonna I'm gonna belittle you and make you feel shitty. Yeah, or 
I want to yes. make sure that the kids know that I do more and he doesn't, you know, like yes. all that, it, it's all messy and none of it comes from love and none of it leads anywhere good. It's just us feeding the seagull in the long, and, and we think it's going to make us feel better, but in the long term, it just makes us feel worse because being a crappy human will never make you a happy human, period. Exactly. Right. We think that in those moments, we're like, yeah, F this person. Oh, I'm doing this to you. It's uh, we're feeling it. We're just we're literally just living in that terrible negative down energy, yeah. right? No, you know so I mean? an insecure person, be unkind. Guarantee, be unkind. You will be. An, you you might pretend you're confident, but deep down inside, you are dying if yes. you are constantly an unkind person. Seriously, because wow, when you're in a when you're in a state of like love and and high vibrations and feeling good, it's literally impossible to be unkind. So when we see the people who are unkind, and this is something I'm working on all the time too, and I'm trying to push out this message. When we see the people who are unkind, instead of literally being like, F you, I hate you, you're terrible. Understand that that person is not in a good place because yeah. if they were, they couldn't be unkind. So yeah. it's like they're suffering in their own way. They're going through something. And in reality, those are the people that like really need our love the most. Yeah. Yeah, I always think of it as like, you know, people who are in pain, they think of pain as dodgeball. I'm going to take this ball of pain and everything I'm unhappy about, about my life and myself and all the horrible things that have happened to me and I'm throw it at somebody else. Whether it's on social media or I'm just going to throw that at somebody else. And they think, oh, then I'll be free of it. But that's not how pain works, right? You're just going to get pummeled with even more. Yes. Wow. 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 And I just, I'll say my parents, like I mentioned before, they, they got divorced when I was super young. And it was very hard for me as a kid. I just was really confused. I didn't understand what was going on. All I wanted was my parents to, <laughs> to be together. We go on walks together and I would be in between them and I would like step back and like, I'd put their hands oh, together. <laughs> like trap movie. Like you're trying to <laughs> yeah. And I, it was oh, something, uh, it was something that, you know, I, um, I went to therapy as a kid, uh, for it. And uh, it was something that bothered me and I struggled with for a while. But Christina, I always say, and honestly, you guys are right there too. I always say to myself, I have the best divorced parents in the mm. world. Because at the age of, I don't know, 10 or 11, we started going on family vacation. So every single summer, like so, right? It's like so grateful and so blessed for that situation that I was given. And you could think divorce is the worst, it's the worst, but it's like, it was, a, I don't know. And you know, it was, I'm grateful for it. And, um, because they put you first and their egos I, in the back. They yeah. did. I never saw them fighting really. I'm sure, I'm sure it happened at times, but like it was never really in front of me and my brother. Um, my dad lived five minutes away from us. He coached all of our sports teams. So it was like, I, I don't know. I just, I'm thankful for it. And it might be weird to say that I'm thankful for a divorce because for so many years I wasn't thankful and it was the exact opposite of what I wanted, but they did such a great job and they really did. They put us first and they didn't put us in the middle of anything. They didn't badmouth each other to us either. And like you said before, I think, you know, it's better for to not be raised in a broken home, but you said it before, not to come from a broken home. It's better to come from a broken home than live in a broken home. Exactly. And honestly, who they were at that time, they shouldn't have been together. Yeah. And they would have been doing a disservice and they would have been hurting us much, much more if they yeah. had stayed together. Yeah. You know? So it's wild. And uh wow. And honestly, seeing and hearing your story, um, it's uplifting for me too to be like, 
it doesn't have to, divorce isn't the end all be all. There can be such light and such love and such positivity that comes from it. It may be tough in the beginning or for a long period of time, but it's just, it's beautiful to to see that love can still come from that. It's really awesome. Um, Christina, are there things that you are doing in your everyday that you're doing weekly or, or well, either daily or weekly that Mm -hmm. helps keep you in this positive state of being in this state of self-love as opposed to self-hatred or negativity? I mean, a lot of it is, you know, accepting that I am a flawed human. Mm. Um, I think we put, and, and that life is flawed. You know, we have this idea in our mind, what parenting or marriage or life or adulthood or anything our careers will look like. Um, and also how we'll handle situations. So just accepting that it is a fantasy. Reality is messy and unpredictable. Um, helps me a lot. I actually just released a video on Facebook today um, where I talk about how I make mistakes. And if anything, I am doing my kids a favor by not being perfect because now they don't expect that they have to be perfect when they grow up. Like what a relief, you know? Um, and then also... I, as most people, and I think especially parents, really struggled with guilt. And I started picturing, actually, I made a video about this too. I started picturing it as a file cabinet. So I used to put all my guilt, and a lot of it is just unnecessary guilt, right? Into one file folder. This is all metaphoric, not literally. um, Of I suck and I should stay up all night beating myself up over this. Um, And then I started going, no, there's more than one file folder. There's the I am human. And I am not supposed to be perfect and have all the answers. There's the, this situation was completely out of my control. Why am I going to, I'm not going to stay up all night about something that's out of my control. This is another file folder that's like, you know what? This requires some growth. I'm going to work on this. I'm going to do better. And so just those little things where I literally, because I'm a very visual person, I'll stop and go, should I be feeling guilty about this and staying up? Nope, that goes in this file folder. Okay, we're good. Um, But just that constant, constant, constant reminder with the way I speak to myself. you know, I have a video where I had some of my friends come over and tell me all the horrible things that they say to themselves. And, you know, yes, the, I saw that. Okay. Yeah. So one of them was like, oh, I'm overweight and I'll never lose the weight. Another one's like, I'm a lazy slob and, you know, all these things. And then they didn't know I was going to do this. I pulled out a childhood picture of each one and I said, all those things you said to yourself, say it again to this girl. And none of them could do it. They couldn't do it because saying, the things we say to ourselves to the sweet little five-year-old face sounds cruel because it is cruel. Yeah. We just don't realize it. Right. And so even that, like I have a childhood picture, I will look at it and go, this, this little girl deserves grace. And I am that little girl. So it's all these like tiny little things throughout the day where when that voice comes, you know, when negativity comes, when, you know, everything feels pessimistic, I just sort of put myself in check. Um, and it's very helpful. That's amazing. I feel like it, it's just, you're so mindful of your thoughts, right? And I, mean, I think we have to be, because like you said, we're going to get hijacked if we're not, <laughs> and we're not even going to realize we're being hijacked. Yep. So when I ask this question, I feel like one of the, the main ways for that, for people, I, one of the main ways really that people I feel like do respond to this question and something that I feel so aligned with is mindfulness is literally it's like okay so what are you doing to create this 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 place of peace and happiness and positivity and it really boils down to being mindful with your thoughts and your actions and being intentional and not letting yourself get hijacked yeah and i think a lot of people when they think of 
hope, for example. They think of like this passive, I'm just sitting around, I'm hoping, I'm hoping life works out. I believe in proactive hope. Mm. Hope has to be proactive. And until you, it's like those Wednesday night dinners that I threw, right? That was proactive hope. You have to be invested in your life. So mindful of what you're thinking and, and you know, what you're allowing in your life, but also you have to do the work. You have to be willing to do the work. Definitely. It's like being, a, it's like, that's the first thing we have to be aware of what's happening. Mm-hmm. It's like, we have to be aware that we're having this negative thought and being aware that it's not, it's not us. It's not our true self. It's our ego. And then in that awareness, we can be like the filing cabinet or whatever you need to do to like, okay, this doesn't serve me. This isn't good for me. This is just bringing me down. This does nothing beneficial for me at all. And Christina, in that video, when that, this like really connected with me in the video, when um, you talk, uh, you're talking about like their negative self-talk and it's like, Mm -hmm. would you say that to somebody else in real life? Like right now, it's like, no way, never. And for me, I was like, and I thought about some of the negative thoughts I have. And I was like, I would never say that to someone else. So we should love ourselves the most. Our relationships yeah. with ourselves are so important. So if I wouldn't say that to somebody else, why would I then say that to myself? Yeah. I mean, think about your best friend or your mom or whoever you just love the most calls you up and goes, oh my gosh, I messed up today. You don't tell them, well, you suck. You're a loser and you should beat yourself over. You go, oh my gosh, no, you don't. That, that, of course, that's just normal human mistake. Don't, don't dwell on it. We don't do the same for us. I mean, we're so good about speaking kind, you know, telling people to be kind to each other, anti-bullying, this and that. And yet we are our own worst bullies. And what clicked for me is my kids will learn more from watching how I live my life and treat myself than anything I say to them. So if I can't learn to give myself grace and forgiveness, where are they going to learn to do it? Where? Mm -hmm. So that sort of keeps me accountable. And also, and I talk to my teenagers about this a lot. There's a big difference between holding yourself accountable and beating yourself up because I do believe that we are supposed to grow and we're supposed to learn from our mistakes. And it's not like, oh, well, I hurt someone, whatever, I'm human. No, let's grow from that, Mm -hmm. right? But, you know, beating yourself up leaves you stuck. Holding yourself accountable propels you forward. So check with yourself and go, hold on. Am I just beating myself up? Because feeling like a loser has never helped anyone thrive, right? right. So if you're constantly just like, oh, I screwed up, I screwed up, that's, that's leaving you stuck. But if you can go, okay, yes, I made a mistake. I'm going to learn from this. I'm going to do better. Now there's like, you know, this proactive hope. We're going forward. Yes, I love that. It's like, it's like positive energy moving forward. Yes. Right, you're being aware of what's happening. Like, listen, I'm not, I tried to have love for everybody in every moment. I am human. When somebody is really rude to me, you know, my initial reaction is to come at them. And then I really try to be aware of my thoughts, pull myself back in, understand that they're going through whatever they're going through. And then I, they're, I am them and they are me. We are one. And I have unconditional love for that person. That is not always the easiest thing. Uh, no, and I think you're doing you know. better at that than me. I still have some parts to heal. <laughs> and like, but the end, sometimes like, I'm like, <laughs> you know, and it's not even like I'm. I think because of making videos for all these years and sort of being somewhat in the public light, like I'm used to the hate. Where I and so when somebody hates on me, I'm like, that's not my suitcase. That is their suitcase of their stuff. I'm not picking it up. I'm not right. a bellhop. No, thank you. That is yes. your suit. I'm not picking up. But. I struggle loving everybody when I see somebody be unkind to somebody else who's struggling. And I'm like, I mean, 
this is actually a video I need to make. I want to talk about how thankful I am that I did not have social media back when I was depressed, because at that point, if I had signed on and maybe shared, man, had a really rough day and had to feed my kid stale Starbucks that I got for free because the pastries were expiring, which is like a real thing. A friend of mine would work at Starbucks and would give me expired goods. Like, and I just feel like a crappy mom. And if I had read comments from trolls on social media, are like, uh, yeah, you are a crappy mom. What the hell's wrong with you? And your kids deserve better. That could have been it. Yeah. That could have been the one last straw that made me go, I'm just going to drink a bunch of pills. Yeah. And that's, I, I think about that so much on social media. I'm like, before you comment your judgment, imagine that the person is standing on the ledge and your words have the power to help them step back and give themselves some grace or to push them forward. Yeah. Wow. Don't be the person that, that what if your voice is the last voice? What if your comment is the last comment somebody reads online before they make a decision whether they're going to live or not? That's what we should think when we put stuff out there. And by the way, just because somebody has perfect pictures of their perfect marriage and they're smiling and they're happy does not mean they, they are not struggling. I mean, I, I have this whole thing I posted on TikTok where it was like pictures of me cuddling with my kids and I'm laughing. And I said, this is the time where I had that list. Nobody knew. In fact, that list was in my pocket during some of those pictures. Wow. And I was like, oh, she looks like a happy, great mom. Sure, I can, I can hate on her. I can tell her I think she's fat or she's this or she's that. They had no idea, right? Yeah, wow, it's wild. Wow. When you were just, um, when you were just saying that and you took it in a way, I didn't think you were going to take it, which was great. <laughs> it, no, it's amazing. No, because it, it, it gives me a new perspective and it was, it was awesome. I'm glad it was awesome. How, how you just put that in. That's so true. It's like, think about that other person. We don't know where they're at and your comment can really be the thing. Mm -hmm. And when you were starting to say that, Christina, I thought you were going to say, if you had social media back then, you would have been the troll because, oh. because you were so down and so low. You know what? I thought a lot of things. I don't know that I would have had the guts to type them because yeah. I was never like a mean, mean person. Yeah. Um, but I definitely had the thoughts of like, oh, they think this or oh, they and it all any of that negativity, it all came from my pain. It all came from comparing and competing. And I mean, it literally came from like such deep pain. Yeah. Wow. So but like in thinking about that, the person who is trolling, the person who's really struggling, that we're worried about pushing them off the edge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The troll is struggling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We only look at the other person who they're shitting on, but it's like that person is also struggling so much because again if they are in a peaceful loving place yeah. they would never write anything like that that thought would not come into their reality it yeah. just it wouldn't exist the fact that they are choosing to spend their time and energy yep doing this which to them in the moment might feel therapeutic although it's not as we know right instead of spending that time and energy doing whatever like something peace spending time with their kids calling their mom planting cooking something right that tells you everything you need to know. They are in so much pain that they can't even find the good in the good in their life, right? Mm -hmm. So they're just handing you the suitcase. Yep. Gary V really helped me with this perspective and having empathy for the people who are mean on social media or leaving you, leaving you terrible negative comments. He's just kind of like, I have empathy for those people. I literally like feel for them because 
they they cannot be in a good place because if they were, they would never say that. And Gary is in a good place in a very positive, loving, compassionate, kind mindset a lot of the time. And he's like, I couldn't even fathom writing something like that because that's just not where I am. So again, in order for you to write that, you have to be in that place. And that has really, really helped me because it's our initial reaction, I think, as most humans, when Mm -hmm. someone is mean or, or unkind to us, to want to give that right back to them. Yeah. And in reality, that is like the worst thing we can do because they actually need our love the most. And in us giving it right back to them, we're just doing what they did. Yeah. And we're lowering. Yeah. This is like a visual example. I thought um, when my youngest, somebody actually gave me this advice years ago and it really works. When my youngest is like just really upset and he's, you know, I'm not talking like a tantrum where they've lost their mind, but he's just really angry and he's really upset and whatever. And, And me. I will just walk up to him, get on his level and just hold him. And just when my initial reaction, right? And, and I tell his parents all the time, when your first instinct is to go, you need to sell it, you need to, you know, get into that back and forth with them. Yep. Before you're allowed to do that, before you're allowed to yell at them, you have to hug them. And something happens, I will hug him. And the, the need to yell, the need to get annoyed with him or anything, just goes away. And by the way, parents who get annoyed, like all normal, no judgment, right? Parenting is super stressful, but that hug. And, and I, and I feel that with the trolls, right? It's like, we want to just like yell back or, you know, whatever, but really, if we can metaphorically just hug them, that's what they need. And it makes us feel better too. Exactly. And that, exactly. And that's the thing, even if you're having a hard time right now, because it took it was hard for me in the beginning to accept this. You know what I mean? So, and what helped me in struggling and finding love and acceptance and kindness for that person, if that's hard for you, like it was for me, try to think about it from the way of, of at least showing yourself self-love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because by you not going back at that person and you know, even if you're not coming back to them and saying, hey, I love you, it's all good. Like, let me help you out. Even if you are just being silent because that's all that you can do. Yeah. That's, so much better and you're giving yourself so much love by keeping yourself in that in that more neutral state or in a more positive state than going negative and going and going towards hate and going towards negativity and all and all that shit that does not serve us so even if you can't find the compassion for someone else at least find it for yourself off the bat and then let that lead to the compassion for the other think about what you're doing to your own day right you get into back and forth argument with somebody on social media is eating up your day. You are making lunch and you're still like, you know what I'm going to write next? And I can't believe they wrote that. And you are missing on these moments that you could be having with your kid yeah. on enjoying that walk you planned for days on Like you're completely giving this negativity the power to take any joy away from you. And it's a choice. You're choosing to do that, right? It's yes. not out of your control. It is a right. choice. So just going, I'm just, I mean, I've had, I've actually had people that have written horrible things and then I'll respond and say, you know, sending you, I, I actually just recently, this was one specific example. Somebody commented on a, on a Facebook video of mine and said that I was really ugly or something, you know, just made fun of the way I look. And I responded and said, I just looked at your profile picture and I think you're really beautiful. I hope you have a great day. That's all I said. Two days later, I think it was, the lady sends me an email and she was like, no one's told me I was beautiful for, I don't know. I mean, it was just, it was just like, She's like, please don't print this. Please don't share this. I'm not sharing your name. So I don't feel like I'm betraying her. But, and I, and I hid her comment, by the way, because by the time I saw it, there were all these other people, you're ugly. You're, you know, 
given her hate, which is I, not going to help, right? So I hit her comments that people wouldn't. But, um, but that's happened to me in the past too, where somebody will attack me and then days later go, you know what? I just got some really bad news. I was having a really bad day. I was really struggling and I took it out on you. So yeah, it's true. People are struggling. Seriously, that story is amazing. I'm like losing it over that story. Oh, thank you for responding back in love. Like, love you for that. Amazing. I mean, I struggle with that because I, I, I want to be, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Oh my gosh. I literally, I, I, uh, Christina, I was doing, um, I did 365 days of gratitude. Uh, so for a year, I literally posted in the story, one thing I was grateful for every single day because gratitude, I needed it more in my life. I wanted to inspire people, but somebody wrote me, it was like 1230 or one o'clock in the morning. And, uh, he was like, nobody cares about your gratitude. You suck. Like, just let it go. You're yeah. wasting your like just coming at me. And he said something in there that, you know, he's like, I am I've been on the couch for three days because I hurt my leg and I don't need to see your shit. But it was something like that. And in that moment, I was like, he's literally hurting and struggling so bad. Like it's literally in the message. The fact yeah. you're texting you're messaging me at 1230 or one in the morning. And then also you're saying in there that you are actually hurting in some way. Christina, I responded back to him, which is being like, that's okay, man. Like I literally just, I did the gratitude thing because I needed more gratitude in my life. And I wanted to show people the power of gratitude because it's touched me. And the power of gratitude is like one of the secrets of the universe. And I just wanted to share what I felt. Uh, I, it felt so good for me. I just wanted to at least share that with other people. That's all I'm trying to do. And he responded in the most loving, kind message ever. And he's like, I'm sorry, man. I was drunk the other night. I'm just at a low place right now. What you're doing is amazing. Please keep it up. And it was like, I could have responded to him and be like, F you. You think no one cares about me? No one yeah. cares about you. You know what I mean? And yeah. that would have made me feel terrible. Awful. Yeah. It would have made him feel terrible. But instead, you know, in responding in love, we had this really beautiful moment. And I think we, yeah. we both left the situation feeling amazing instead of yeah. shitty, you know? I mean, I love that. And another example of that is, you know, I told you my oldest son has really struggled. I mean, he was so mean to me when he was like really struggling with his depression. He was yeah. so cruel to me. And I had to, as a parent go, this is not personal. This kid is in so much pain. This is not personal. And then as he started to get better, he would start to be mean and go, you know what? I, I'm not feeling good and, and I feel like I'm gonna take it out on you. I'm, I'm just gonna step away. And he would, he learned to walk away. Yep. And now he's not even mean to me anymore, which I feel like he should still should be a little, he's 17. Like he's still cute. <laughs> but, um, but just that awareness, you know, for him, why he was doing it, that took time for him to realize. And then the awareness for me that he doesn't actually hate me. He doesn't think I ruined his life. He doesn't think I'm a bad mom. You know, it's so easy. Like I'm trying everything to help you. And now you're mean to me and we take it personally. And oh my gosh, I suck. Right. Yeah. Instead just going, this is pain talking. This is depressed. This is not my son, Luca talking. This is pain and depression talking. And I don't listen to pain and depression. I listen to my kid and I know his heart. I know his heart. Wow. Ah, uh, that's, uh, that like in, in like in these stories, it creates a connection and a peace when it was the exact opposite of that happening happening prior mm. right so i just feel like when we can have compassion for each other and an understanding and knowing that when someone is being mean or angry most of the time it has nothing to do with us at all it has everything to do with what that person is going through 
and how they're struggling. And that's just such an awesome example of you as a mom. Um, it really is. And just to see it from both perspectives, to understand it from his perspective and that he's struggling, understanding it from yours, that he doesn't hate you. Yeah. It's just, he's in a, he's in a tough place right now. It's just, there's so much truth in that. And that really is something I'm, that perspective is something I'm just really, really trying to bring more awareness to because in my mind, that's what creates all the shit in life. That's what creates all the hatred is like, we're not seeing each other. We're not coming uh, towards each other and connecting, yeah. but instead it's this friction. We're bashing and we're going in opposite directions because one person's mean, and then we come right back at them with the same exact thing. And that will just continue to push us apart. That will create more separation when in this world, in this universe, in this life, we just need, we need more connection and we need more oneness and coming together. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Wild. Christina, you're awesome. I love who you are. You have yeah. such <laughs> You have such good energy. You're such a beautiful soul. It's just, this has been a great conversation. Um, one of my, and I, so I ask everybody this, um, one of my biggest goals in life um, with Spread Love Movement, with who I am just as a person, is to help shift the collective consciousness of the planet to be in a place of more peace and love and acceptance and understanding and oneness and forgiveness. And I know that it we can achieve that. And in stories like the ones that we're sharing, it's like that gives me so much hope. And I know collectively this is something that we can achieve. Um, so, Christina, what do you feel like you are doing now or plans in the future that will help aid in this shift of consciousness? Um, I think personally what I'm doing is just being really honest about my own story and my own journey and um, being really honest with myself that I, I, will, I can't completely understand everybody else's road, right? Yeah. And um, looking at, at people instead of looking down at people, that's been a, you know, a huge, or even looking up at people, like all the comparing and competing and just literally looking at Yes. people and knowing that everybody's got a story and everybody's everybody is struggling with something at some point and just deciding that I have a choice whether I'm going to add good to the world or hurt to the world pain to the world um and just living every day deciding I don't want to add more pain to the world yes yes wow this blows my mind I've said this now in almost every episode every time I ask that question the majority of the time like 95 percent of the time people respond with that response, with that answer, worded in different ways, but essentially being like, it starts with me. And it yeah. starts with my kindness to myself and to the world. And it starts with how I'm showing up. And like you just said, am I giving good into the world? Am I putting out good energy into the universe or am I putting out bad energy? And mm -hmm. obviously the goal is to put out good and that is the way that we can create this shift of consciousness. It's not me or you, Christina, saying, hey, you got to do it this way. Yeah. Like before, you had a beautiful example of with your with your um, children. Yeah. That, like you're setting the example for them. You know what I mean? You and how your actions are, mm -hmm. that will create them to be who they are. Not by you saying, hey, you got to be kind. And then you going and being an asshole to the person yeah. in the grocery store. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it it it's so much off of what we're like who we are and what we're doing and how we're showing up not by again telling you it's this way but by showing people that that is the way and i 
is such a beautiful response. And I'm so grateful for all these responses that I keep getting. Because to me, I'm like, wow, we're really on the right path. Because mm -hmm. none of us can create this shift on our own. It's just literally not possible. And again, yeah. it won't be created by me telling you to do something. It'll be created by showing up in the world with love and kindness and then someone else seeing that and being like oh oh wow like there's something going on there and then over time seeing it more understanding that that's who they truly are that they are truly love at their core at their being and yeah. then just resonating more and going in that direction i think i think humans tend to think like everything takes a big miracle it has to be something really big but it's kind of like back to those wednesday night dinners right it was yeah. the tiniest little thing that i felt like i could do that was my turning point. And that's the same with us every day. We don't have to have a miracle to offer somebody. Like it's so simple. Just look them in the eye, just treat them like a human being. Mm -hmm. um, do you have time for a really quick story? Yeah, oh my gosh, oh, please. Yeah, really quick story. Please. So a few years ago, my kids and I um, asked all the people in our neighborhood, like, hey, if you have socks or blankets or jackets, drop them off on our front porch, we're gonna go hand them out to homeless people. Um, and so we just packed up a bunch of suitcases and went and we came across this woman um, and we ended up sitting down and chatting with her and we gave her a bunch of socks and we gave her a coat and all this stuff and she, we talked to her for a while and at the end of it she said do you know of all these things you gave me do you know what my favorite thing is and I was like oh what and my kids are guessing oh it's the socks it's a and she goes no you looked me in the eye and you treated me like I'm human and I will never forget that because I thought how many people walk by this woman, even if they give her something, yeah. they look down at her, right? I mean, it's the simple thing. It didn't matter what I gave her. It's something everybody can give, right? You just mm -hmm. look people in the eye and you treat them like they're human who is worthy of your attention, of love, of grace, of forgiveness. That's it. It's so simple. That's what's going to change the world. Not something huge. Yes. Wow. So many times it is. It's like the simplest thing, right? Mm -hmm. And and in that it's like it's more encouraging for me and it's like it's more hopeful for me that it doesn't take this grand gesture this monstrous thing that we all have to do this miracle that needs to come it's like it's so nuts. doable it's so yeah. doable right <laughs> uh yeah that's the thing it's free like it's not gonna you know you don't have to like sign an application fill an application yeah. you don't you can be you can i have this shirt that we sell called, you know, kindnesses, and then it's like gluten-free, keto, you know, you don't need an application, you, need a, you don't need a down payment, like you don't need any of those things, you don't have to change the way you, your lifestyle, nothing, yeah. in order to just treat people with some kindness and put some good into the world. That's awesome. I love that take on the kindness is free, but you made it like so much cooler. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It, it will not cause allergies, it will not mess with your diet. <laughs> got this you can do it <laughs> gosh and it's like in acting that way you're gonna feel amazing you're gonna feel so good oh my gosh i'm telling someone the other day um they were talking about wanting to get high i said you want to get high you know what the greatest high is like being super kind to people i'm not and i said i know that sounds cheesy i don't care it is such like every time i've had the opportunity to surprise somebody with something or just go out of my, i'm like the rest of the week i'm literally on this like <laughs> yep. Wow. Like just giving in general, coming through with kindness and love are like the best feelings in the world. And they are this insane natural high. That is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. When I was in San, we talked about uh, me living in San Diego before. When I was there, one day I went out and I had like a free hugs sign. Oh, and, I love that. And honestly, walking out, I was terrified. 
I really, I was fearful. I was like, well, just no one comes up to me. What, like, what's going to happen? Are people going to just think I'm weird? And Christina, on the walk to the beach, which is where I did it, I was like, okay, I cannot back out of this now. I'll never forgive myself. But I was hoping that like a gust of wind would come and blow the, hand, the side out of my hand and I wouldn't have to do it because I was fearful. But I'm so glad I chose love over fear in that day. But Christina, in that day, that was one of the best days of my life because the immense love and connection and kindness and humanity that I shared with random people gave me such an incredible natural high that I'll never forget. And yeah. it was literally one of the best days of my life because of the connections and I was so high vibrational and because of that high that I felt. And, and, yeah. No, I was just gonna say, and, and you probably had people, you know, tell you, share a little bit of story or whatever, or tell you why it meant something to them. Yes. But there are so many people that couldn't even put into words and didn't even say anything. And you made a difference in their life. Maybe it's the first time they were hugged because I don't know, they came out to their parents and they haven't just been, you know, like there's so yeah. many stories, right? You hear. Um, and so, Sometimes we think we only impact people who tell us, like that meant a lot. But there are so many people we're impacting every day who we will never hear from, right? So true. Yeah. Wow. It's so true. That's amazing. I love that. And I could, and some of that, like people didn't say uh, a word sometimes, but when we embraced and they would just release and let go, it was, it was everything. It really was incredible. Wow. This has been an amazing conversation. I've been having so much fun feeling just amazing right now myself. Um, before we cut out, Christina, if you could just let people know where they can find you, uh, the title of your book, um, your website, social media stuff, anything you want to throw out there. Sure. So everywhere on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, it's at Christina with a K, last name K-U-Z-M-I-C. My book, actually, I have it right here. Hold on, but don't hold still. Um, really, like poured my heart out into this book. And I, I if, if you're struggling, if you feel like there's no hope, read my story. I think it'll give you some hope. Awesome. Can you, I, Christina, I want, I had in my notes to ask you about the book and we just got so, oh, it's all good. Yeah. I well, yeah our conversation. <laughs> me too. But if you, I, I would love to, cause I want to know, yeah. uh, and I'm sure everyone listening would want to know, can you give us just a quick idea, not even a quick, just an idea of what uh, the book is about. So the first two sentences in the book are, there's a name for when things don't work out the way you thought they would, it's called life. And basically that's sort of the theme throughout the book. I talk about immigrating to America. I talk about my divorce and, you know, the suicidal thoughts and depression and all of that stuff. And being a single mom, I talk about sexual assault. I talk about worry and guilt and empathy and how I went from hating my life to um, thinking I'm pretty badass. I mean, super imperfect, but pretty badass. Yes. Um, you know, all of it. There's a whole chapter called Recovering Pessimism, Pe Pessimist, which we talked about. So it's really just all the crap that life threw my way and all the mistakes I made along the way. I just sort of put it out there and shared how I got, went from point A to point B. Um, so yeah. Amazing. That I love that so much. Just you being open and vulnerable and sharing your story in hopes that it will just help people who may be struggling with the same thing, just get to a place of more peace and love. It's so yeah. good and awesome. Yay. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, this has been so great. Um, everybody listening, thank you for being present with us today. Thank you for being a part of the conversation. We love you so much. Go check out Christina. Check out her website, online, social media, her book. You have such 
a beautiful mind, Christina. And it's so inspirational with you sharing where you came from to see the Christina of who you are today, of like your truth and your potential and how much we can shine when we come from a place of love and kindness. It's just, it's miraculous to see. And I, I just, I appreciate who you are and, and what you're doing for the world. Well, thank you for having me on. This was so fun. Of course, of course. Everybody, thank you again. We love you so much and can't wait to see you next time.